Good morning, LCM. Good morning. This morning is February 11th, 2024. My, 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 what extraordinary times we are living in, brothers. I can honestly say to the family of God that it is an honor to be standing up here to these two pastors. Pastor Linton and Pastor Spencer. These men are a gift to me, a gift to my wife, a gift to my children, and a gift to the generations after me. And I know that LCM, they are a gift to you as well. Now listen, the word that we have for you guys this morning is birthed right out of our own genuine wrestling with the living God. It better be. An engagement with what his word says and the transformative power of God that is at work inside of us. I want to tell you, LCM, that he is leading us and he has given us direction in this body. Now we know, LCM, that you have not forgotten about the wave upon wave upon wave of momentum that God is building this year. Come on, Waybos. I'm going to keep saying it. We're only in February 2024, and God is going to increase our body month after month after month, and he's going to increase our expectation month after month after month, and we're going to see his power on display. Man, we've had weddings, y'all. We've had an ordination. The Lord has spoken to us that we are going to explore new lands like Shane the Train is experiencing right now. In addition to that, man, Pastor Way, we have had some supernatural births here at LCM. Man, shout out to Andrew the Lion Tisdale for standing like the man of God that he is and to see God bring about a supernatural birth and his son, Othniel. Man, Nelson, we want to tell you guys that we are ordained families. Amen. Ordained families that are living in ordained times. And we're not just talking about the families that you guys saw on the stage last Sunday. No, we're talking about the one family that is here, the family of Christ, and in the one association as well. So the launch of the kibbutz is imminent. Yeah. One life transformed has led to families being transformed, right. and those families in unity are about to transform the nation of Romania, and that's only the beginning. Oh, yeah. This is what the Sovereign Lord has aimed this body at from the very beginning, and we're getting ready to see another Jordan crossing at flood stage. Yeah. What we have here on, on, behind us is not just a memento. It's not just a placard. It is what God has called this body to. It's what he said from the very beginning, and it's what you are walking in, LCM. And it's not just stopping with the families at the kibbutz. We have a hundred more to sin, and we're going to get there. But God has already established for us a perpetual pattern with ordained families that will be living in ordained times. The truth about the amazing ordained times that we are living in is that great victory has always come through great travail. Whoa, say that one more time, Brother Lindsay. Great victory, supernatural works, have always come from desperate need and great travail. Come on. We didn't get here one day just because we winked and said, hey, this would be a very good thing to do. This is God's will. Yahtzee. No, that's not how we got here. We got here through men knowing who they are, faithfully, faithfully obeying the Lord, and we travailed to get to this point, and it's only the beginning. It's now no longer just one family or a group of families. We have an entire body who is aimed at the one vision that God has given this church and the body of Christ all the way back to Jerusalem. Yeah. To produce the families that we are sending to Romania, 
it has taken many decades of faithful obedience. Yeah. And it is how the hundred other families that are going will continue to be launched. Yeah. Our God is doing and will do incredible things in our midst. And we see a similar pattern in the life of Job. And we want to take you there. Go with us to Job 36 verse 5 in the ESV. You know it's going to get good when we tell you to turn to the book of Job. <laughs> Behold. 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 God is mighty and does not despise any. He is mighty in strength of understanding. God has done amazing things in our midst to get us to this point, And he's continuing that pattern in our lives. I love how mighty our God is as the scripture declares it. Me too. He was mighty in Job's life in the very moment because you know what Job is working through at this time. But in that, in that desperate situation that Job is in, God is mighty. Yeah. Church, in your desperate situation, God is mighty. Yeah. This means that when we face difficulties and trial, it's not the end of us. In fact, it gives the Lord an opportunity to reveal himself to us in the midst of our difficulties. Amen. Skip down with us to Job 36, 15 to see how amazing he is and what he does for his people. Amen. Job 36, 15, and we're going to read 16. He delivers the afflicted by their afflictions and opens their ear by adversity. Saints, what we learned here at LCM and through the word, we are never at a disadvantage through our afflictions. We're never at a disadvantage through our hardships, through the hard times, through the struggle. God is using these things to open up our ears in the adversity. Yes! God opens up our ears in our distress. The problem isn't that we may be in distress. Those things were promised to us, and praise God for it. The problem is, is our need for our ears to be open when we are in distress. And once our ears have been opened to hear with the intent to obey our God, adversity, well, it can't stop us. Afflictions won't hurt us, and we will be able to be led. So let's check out verse 16. It says, he has also allured you out of distress into a broad place. I think the NIV says that he's wooed you. He's wooed you to a broad place where there's no cramping. No cramping. And what was set on your table was full of fatness. Yeah. Now, say there's yeah. so much goodness. Man, that is better than Thanksgiving, man. A table of fatness. We, look, to fatness. We found it fitting that I took this verse. Saints, I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I've cramped up. You know, I've cramped up just sitting down in a chair and crossing my legs before. Really, really not doing anything at all. I'm talking about those out of nowhere Charlie Horse bad boys, if you know what I'm saying. I'm talking about riding in a Toyota Corolla and cramping up. I'm also talking about flying in planes where I'm bigger than both of the seats that I'm sitting in. <laughs> Embarrassing situations and scenarios where I'm too large for the place that I've actually parked my behind. But saints, verse 16 says that God is alluring us out of distress with no cramping through the adversity. See, God has a plan. And we are learning how to trust him more and more in his plan. Saints, don't we have a plan? Yeah. Hasn't it been given from God? Yeah. Are we learning how to trust him more through the adversity? Yeah. Come on. He doesn't leave us in distress or treat us as our sins deserve. Yeah. 
God. That, that's so good. What, what do we actually deserve, man? Yeah. Saints, we deserve death. Yeah. We deserve death. And we serve such a good God. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Matter of fact, he's bringing us out into a broad place. God has ordained our steps, and saints, he will bring us out. Hasn't he done this many times before in your life? Yes. Do you think he's going to continue to do it? Oh, yeah. Of course he's going to continue to do it. He will do it again. So, saints, we have reason for hope. Woo. Oh, man. Did you guys catch that? That the Lord brings you into a broad place, not so that he can feed you some meager meal, but to feed you your heart's desire. A table full of fatness. Saints, that is a beautiful, beautiful picture. And we want to take you to Psalm 1819. In fact, we're just going to make mention of this. You don't have to turn there. This is Psalm 1819 where God says that he brings us out into a spacious place and he rescued us because he delighted in us. Don't you love when the Lord delights in you? Yeah. And isn't it incredible that the Lord brings us through difficulty adversity to experience a table of revelation on the other side. Now, when we're talking about this table of revelation, that's better than Thanksgiving. That's better than Christmas. This table of fatness. What we're really talking about is the ongoing presence of God. The amazing thing is that this table is his presence. And if it's his presence, we know that there's no limit. Man, we're talking about a buffet of the goodness of God. Have you guys experienced a buffet of the goodness of God in your life? Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm not very good with chopsticks, but we're talking about a buffet of the goodness of God, man. I will make sure that that gets in my mouth and in my belly. We're talking about the provisions that God is inevitably bringing to our community. Our God is faithful, Steve Thomas. Our God is faithful, Adam Ellis. Our God is faithful, Nick Rosales. And he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He is our El Shaddai. This has been the testimony of our lives. That God is El Shaddai in our midst. He is everything that we need. And he has given us everything that we need. In this church, man, we have faced and countered so many difficulties and an immense amount of difficulties. But think about this. How many times has God brought us through those difficulties, those hardships, so that we can experience the revelation that God has for us on the other Come side? On, Every single time. So when we're thinking about that, we're thinking about what is the one nation that God has demonstrated us for? It's certainly not Africa. It's not Nigeria. It's not Norway. It has to be the only nation that God has placed his name upon, which is the nation of Israel. So this morning, we want to examine one of the lives of the patriarchs of the nation of Israel and how God brought him through immense, somebody say immense, immense, immense amount of difficulty and opposition so that this man may experience the beautiful revelation on the other side. Turn with us to Genesis 26, verse 12. Say, table revelation as you're turning there. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year 
a hundredfold. Wow. wow. He sowed and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Just so you know, that's not normal. No. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so that the, Philistine, the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, oh, no. his father. See, the patriarchs, they didn't live a simple life. They didn't live an easy life where they got the coast from glory to glory. No, what their glory looked like was immense amount of difficulty, but in that difficulty, the Lord blessed them and made them fruitful. Yeah. Think about it. Have you ever sown something before Uncle Charlie yeah. and expect to reap a hundredfold in the same year? Wow. I think not. <laughs> like Isaac, you are a blessed people, church. Yeah. You are extremely fruitful in every way. But that, has that been in, in, uh, without difficulties? No. It's been in spite of the difficulties, God has increased you. Yeah. This is an incredible blessing from God for the, man, for the man Isaac. But did you notice that in the midst of the blessing, he encountered some difficulties? Yeah, yeah the Philistines are stopping up the wells that his father Abraham has dug. Yeah. And we talked about this uh, in the back. They didn't have backhoes. They didn't have dozers. Yeah. I mean, it had, to, it, had, it had to be a place of deep hatred. To go and fill all these wells with earth, but you yeah, know can what? You, can you imagine how long that would have taken? Yeah, you've already dug a well that's flowing with water to to throw dirt in it takes an amount of time. These guys were committed to stopping these wells. Yeah, yeah. Pastor Eric, Reddit haters, you don't really need an excuse. They don't need a reason. Haters gonna do what haters gonna do. It's almost like in the midst of blessing and fruitfulness, there's some Philistine-like opposition that are looking to stop up the wells in our lives. Yeah. But you know what, church? Not going to do it. Sometimes these Philistine, these Philistine-like opposition show up in various forms and shapes. All kinds. They could be the thoughts between our ears that are trying to disqualify us in our calling. Oh, get it. They could be the desires that we were aiming at for in the kingdom that are not ordained by God. Mm. These are Philistine-like oppositions that are stopping up the wells that God ordained for you. Mm. They could also look like the difficulties that God has allowed into your life. And hear me on this that are meant to shape, form, and forge you, but you misunderstand God's plan and treat it as in punishing you. The difficulty is not the, the opposition. That's not the problem. The, dif the, the difficulty is our perspective of that that makes it a punishment and not something that God is using to bring us into a spacious place. God set the Israelites in Egypt. He set them in captivity to grow and grow and grow until the land could not handle them anymore. And then he launched them into the promise of God. That is what he does. Either way, we're going to get this Philistine-like opposition out of our lives and unstop these wells. So do you want to hear the title of today's message? I do. Man, it has been, been very well pastored and thought out. It is Unstopping Wells. Say unstopping wells. Unstopping wells. Let's take a look at how Isaac dealt with the Philistine-like opposition in his life. Genesis 26, 18. It says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. Saying something we noticed about Isaac, of all three patriarchs, actually gets the least amount of commentary of his life. Yeah. 
But what we love about him is he is fighting to dig these wells and to name them their original names. Oh, come on. Isaac is not trying to reinvent the wheel by naming him something that he might prefer. No, he's embracing what God revealed to his father. And he is fighting for the revelation to still be alive in his life that day. Come on. Saints, Isaac gets the revelation that God spoke to his father. And he begins, listen, to dig. Dig into the revelation that has been given to him. He knows what he has, and he's not going to stop. This is the pattern that defines Isaac's life. So let's check out verse 19. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, This water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek, not Kesek. But Esek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. And so he called its name Sitna. Saints, can we say boo? Boo! Boo the Philistines. Boo. You see how the enemy is meeting him at every source of life he digs up and contending with him? How is this any different in our own life, saints? We're fighting, we're striving, we're we're working toward God's will. And we find these Philistine-like enemies right on alongside with us. Look, if you're going to bring forth life, saints, you're going to have to fight for it. If you're going to bring forth life, saints, you're going to have to fight for it. You have to fight for it. He's worth fighting for, and you get to. Ain't that right, Andrew Tisdale? We get to fight for life, man. And you know what? Ten years later, we're going to see the great victory in it, just like we just seen. I love what I'm hearing from my, my brother and pastor here. If you're going to bring forth life, you have to fight for it. As we look out in this congregation, we can see that you are men and women who have fought for life and God delivered. When I look at Elder John and his beautiful wife, they're a family that fought for life in having children. And regardless of how long it took, they kept fighting and trusting God. And now they have three kids. We can go around the room and do this. Look. We're going to pick up in verse 22. Look at Genesis 26, verse 22. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Don't you love when you read passages like this? Although it was written so many years ago, but it leaps off the page in your life. Don't you love when you read about a man who perseveres until he sees God bring shalom in his life? Man, the Philistines are gone. They're no longer quarreling with Isaac. They're no longer bothering him. This is is like a praise report. You You can dance of what God is doing. They're no longer contending and covering up the well. The Lord, he has made room. For Isaac and his family. That's, that's beautiful. We started off reading that he dug wells and they fought him over it. But now they've left him alone. And there's no longer any contention over that well. Man, don't, doesn't that move your soul? When you, are, you know what God's will is and you're moving in that direction and there's, a, uh, there's opposition in your way. But you know what God said and so therefore you push and you push and you push and you push past that opposition until you see life. Oh man, this is what's happening in Isaac. So at this point in his life, since the Philistines are no longer there, Pastor Spencer, Isaac can now coast. Yeah. 
Man, he can kick up his feet and relax, man. I got it done. Absolutely not. You find out that Isaac goes on to do something else. Look at verse 25. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And Isaac's servant dug a well. I don't know about you. I was asking my brothers while we were studying. What is the point of digging another well? Why does Isaac keep digging wells? The Philistines are no longer breathing down his neck. They're no longer quarreling over them. They're no longer contending with the wells that are digging. So now that they're gone and God has given room for his family, why is Isaac still digging wells? Perhaps Isaac is doing this because he's being driven by a revelation that he has from God. In fact, Proverbs 16 verse 26 gives us some insight to what was probably driving Isaac inside of him. Yeah. Proverbs 16, 26. The laborer's appetite works for him. Man, I'm talking about a table full of fatness. His hunger drives him on. Are you guys excited to hear a life-changing, life-altering revelation? Yeah. Turn with us to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Let's go back to the, to the beginning. As you go there, we want to let you know that in Genesis 1, 6, God separates waters from water. There's water below and there's waters above. But what we're going to pick up with this morning in verse 9, it says what God does with the waters that are below the heavens. So Genesis 1, picking up in verse 9. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So we don't know if, we're catch, if you're catching this yet, so we're going to help you. We read in Genesis 26 that Isaac kept digging wells over and over and over again until he found water, and then he kept digging more wells. There and here in Genesis 1, you find out that those same waters that Isaac was tapping into were created and been around, had been around from the beginning. Isaac had a revelation of what was below the surface. He's not, and this wasn't in... in, in, in Fluffy times. This wasn't in easy times. He's in a desert. He's in a dry place, not only in his surroundings, but also in the opposition, both internal and external. But his ears had been opened through toil and adversity. Come on, come on. He knew that there was water beneath the surface, and he wasn't going to stop digging until he tapped into it. Wow. This is who you are, LCM. There is life below the surface. There are things that God has embedded in you that he has put there for you, not so that you have to make up, but so that you get to discover and you get to dig and dig and dig until you find the life that God has ordained for your family. He knew that there was an unlimited supply of resources that God had already provided for him in advance. God had already provided these things in advance. It looked dry on the surface. It looked like he might should move to some other place, except that God told his father, I'm going to give you these lands. Come on. Yeah. And he kept digging and digging and digging until he tapped in to that limitless supply. That is why he is digging so many wells and nothing is stopping him from getting to it. Yeah. Before, we move, before we move right on, we want you guys to catch something. You read in Genesis 1 that God had reserved water inside the earth. Now you fast forward to Genesis chapter 26, and you see a man, Isaac, digging. 
And there's nothing in the natural that makes sense of why he just keeps digging after the Philistines are gone. But the man has a revelation of what God had already stored way before he was born. Elsim, it's the exact same that God has done in our body. You did not originate the things that God has done in your life. And you also did not originate the things that God will do in your life. These things were already in his mind. Like Psalm 139, he has already had these things planned way before you ever existed upon this earth, just like those waters that he had in reserve for a man like Isaac who could have his ears open to the adversity and know that God has something on reserve for him and he wasn't going to stop until he tapped into it. Isn't that revelation assuring? Have you ever actually had to dig a well? Have you ever had actually had to dig until you hit water? Lincoln has. All you see is dirt. You might even hit a, hit a stone. If you pass the Judah, you might almost find a gas line, right? Yeah, deep roots. But below, below the surface, there is life there. And Isaac, knowing that his father, father had dug these wells, Isaac, knowing that there was something there that would sustain and, and grow his family and make him prosperous, that is what allowed him to keep digging. That's what Pastor Ben is, 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 is speaking to us. There are things that God has put into your life that on the surface, man, it's only rocks. On, on the surface, it, it is stony soil. But if you just keep digging, digging because you know what God has put there, you know what he's called you to, and you know that it will produce life, you're going to hit it. Ibrahim, yeah. you're going to hit it. Yeah. We're going to win. We're going to find life and find life more abundantly. Yeah. And the way that we're going to get there is we're not going to stop digging. Church, wells sustain life. Yeah, they do. You know, I work in the water, wastewater treatment uh, uh, industry, yeah. right? And you think that, you know, all right, when I turn, my, when I turn the tap on, water is just going to come out and I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, the truth about it is, is that, there's wa that water is coming from a source. Yeah. It's, not, it's not being made and formed in your tap. Yeah. It's coming either from the ground or it's coming from a river, some, some surface water, a body. Church, wells sustained life, and wells are what civilizations are built around. Wells are what cities are built around. Wells are what you build your family around. Yeah. There, when we're talking about wells, we want you to know, church, you are the well. Wow. Your life is the well. Hmm. So when you hear us say, keep digging, what we mean by that in the most practical of ways <laughs> is to keep doing what you know is right until you see the results. Come on. I'm going to say it again. When we say keep digging, Keep going after it. Keep minding the word. Keep, keep standing on what God has said and don't move from it. What we mean by that is you keep doing it and doing it and doing it until you see life. Yeah. You don't give up right before you see life. You keep doing it until you see life come from that adventure. Until you see the life that is formed from your faith-filled actions. Don't stop pastoring and cultivating your wives until you see the life that God has promised you. That's a good word. Don't stop pouring into your children and sowing the word in them until you see the life that will come from it. And trust Amen. me, we're learning, and I got brothers going before me, it's going to take time. You, you're not going to know what they're getting, but I promise you, uh, Titus is a testimony. Yeah. Judah is a testimony that if you keep sowing the word yeah. in your children, it will go from generation to generation, yeah. and they will not fail to stand on what you have given to them. Don't stop fighting for vision for your family until you see life. Amen. God has invested so much in this church. And you know what? If he, if he stops the tap right now, if he stopped pouring out revelation right now, we could, we could conquer the world with what we have right now. But he's not stopping. Therefore, Amen. we're not stopping. Amen. 
Keep digging, and he will unstop the wells in your life. Say, say unstopping wells. Unstopping wells. Say unstopping wells. Unstopping wells. This is what God is doing in us now. We're not going to slow up and we're not going to stop. We are wells that are going to be overflowing. And the Lord is going to help us today to unstop these wells. Hosea 10 verse 12. Hey, say unstopping wells when you get there. Unstopping wells. Oh, come on. Say unstopping wells. I love it. Thank you, Carlos. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness upon you. The Lord wants to shower righteousness on us saints, and he certainly has done it up to this point. But it would also be as a result of us breaking up our unplowed ground. And doing what we know to be right until we see the life that springs from it. Think about Genesis chapter 1 for a second. Let's go back there. Those waters that God held in reserve since the beginning of time. Listen, saints. They have no limit in their capacity. No limits. And that is how this relates to you. Saints, there is no limit to the life you can have in your calling. And that God has already given you. Say no limit. No limits. There is no limit to the life. That can flow from your works of service that he has prepared in advance for you. Say no limit. No limit. There is no limit to the life that can be birthed out of the vision that he has for you and for this body and the one association. Say no limit. No limit. Saints, it's time to unstop these wells. It's time to break up our grounds. We're talking about that mezuzah that you've already discovered. And saints, if you don't know your mezuzah... It's not because you do not have one. Come on. God has created your mezuzah from the very beginning, just like the waters in Genesis 1. Yeah. So what must you do? You must dig and dig and dig until you see life. Come on. And you will find out that there is no limit to what he will do through your life within the calling that he has given you. Say, there is no limit to what he will give us. When you know this to be true, You know that you are a well and God has stored up things inside of you. He is waiting for you to discover this and tap into it. You become like a man like Isaac with a tenacity to go after the things of God like never before. But we must continue to dig. There are no limits for you who are a believer and what God has in store inside of you. Say no limits. No limits. Saints, we got to believe it. There is no limits. There is lands for us to go out to and we have no limits. Mm. Our God has made us no limit diggers. Yeah. <laughs> we are no limit diggers. He has prepared things in advance for us. Things that he has reserved for us and for us to tap into. This is, this is incredible. To know that the waters from Genesis 1 that Isaac was tapping into and had the tenacity to dig and dig and do what was right had no limit. Man, that is incredible. It is the same for our very lives. Check out Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, that gives us some insight of how to go about this. Proverbs 20, verse 5, in the 84. That old faithful man... That old faithful. Check this out. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. 
but a man of understanding draws them out. We want to tell you that God has already deposited in you deep waters. Saints, say that and again, Bill. The Lord has already deposited in you deep yes. waters. He's not having to manufacture it. He's not having to, to just make it happen because you're advancing in your walk. No, no, no. He's already put deep waters and deposited deep waters inside of you. And it is completely up to us, Paul Rosales. It is up to us to unstop these wells. Yeah. These wells that bring life to other people. Isn't that what Isaac does? He's tapping into those wells. And what does that ultimate, ultimately mean? It means that he has the water as a life source for his family, for his herds. There are other people that are dependent on him, and he unstops wells so others can drink from him. It is the same for us. It is required of you to see things revealed from God and to continue to have a tenacity to dig, 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 and then move in the direction that God has already pointed you to and never quit until you see life. This is us not trying to make something up, by the way, when we're saying this. You're not making things up as in like, hey, I'm just going to try to make something happen with the mezuzah that I want and not what God actually says. It won't work. We're going to try to make a, get a mezuzah that fits my liking or my personality. The answer is no. This is us taking on the thoughts of God and us reflecting the thoughts of God. Yeah. And saying, Lord, whatever you say, I am going to do. Because your ways are higher, your ways are perfect, and that is what I'm going to walk in. You're going, to have, you're going to get the revelation. In fact, you are getting the revelation that Isaac had in Genesis chapter 26. And you will keep digging until you see life. Now, to the rest of the world, as you're doing this, because if we're being honest, if we all stepped outside of some random guy digging across the street like a madman, broke a tool and then grabbed, grabbed another one and kept digging, at some point you have to ask yourself, is this guy out of his mind? Or is there something that he has a revelation about that nobody else knows? To the world, you may seem crazy as you refuse to move from the position that God has spoken to you. Like the Apostle Paul, you may seem out of your mind. But really what is happening is you are, you are actually showing yourself to be a man of understanding Knowing that God is teaching you to hear the spirit of his revelation on the other side of that adversity to draw out what he's already placed inside of you. I want to tell you, my family, in order to draw out those deep waters that God has placed in your life, you first have to realize that God is the one who fashioned you, shaped you, made you, created you, who set you apart. And has made you to be a well in the first place. In other words, he has assigned you as you are supposed to be. Yeah. Turn with us to Psalm 16, but I want to ask you a question. Who was here when the sermon dreamer was preached? Not I. Okay. Like eight people? In... <laughs> And in that sermon, if you, who, all right, who hasn't listened to Dreamer? Everybody. Great. Go listen to it. Go listen to it. All right. So in that sermon, talking about sounding, looking, maybe feeling crazy, Lord spoke to Pastor Eric, go get 50 chairs. Get that. I know there are eight people in here, but there are 50 chairs. Go get 50 chairs, and we're going to fill this room. And what we're going to fill this room with is not just attendance, 
but competent ministers of the gospel that are going to go start their own ministries. And you know what happened? God filled 50 chairs. But what would have happened if Pastor Eric stopped and like, all right, 50 chairs, we're good. Got it. I did what God told me to do. What would happen? There literally wouldn't be room for you. We got 50 people in the back right there. What would have happened when we raised up a competent minister to go, minister to go start a church in the, in the rising and we stop right there? Bam, got it. Now we grow fat. No, you and I would not be walking in the life that we're currently living in. No, the drive to keep digging and keep digging and keep digging past what, what a, a task that God has given you, but you know what he said? That drive has produced life. And now we're getting ready to send out three of our best, four of our best, actually. Yeah. Four of our best to go and start, go, go set up a well in Romania. Yeah. And you know what they're going to do? The same thing yes. that has been done for them. They're going to dig and dig and dig, and they're going to provide for an entire generation to bring life to the Middle East, to bring life to the Aswan re region and go all the way back to Jerusalem. That is what we've been called to. We've been called to be people who don't stop digging at just what's comfortable for us. But we've been called to keep digging and digging and digging to not only bring life to our families, but to provide water and life for an entire generation that's coming after us. That is what Isaac was doing. That is what was purposed in the mind of God. And that is what he has purposed for every family that has come into this church. You are no limit diggers. Psalm 16 and verse 5. Lord you have assigned me my portion in my cup. You have made my lot secure. Yeah. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Come on, Come on Pastor Wade. Yeah. Why are we reading this to you? Good we question. want you to understand that your portion, your cup, your lot, yeah. and the boundary line is how he has designed you to function yeah. as a well. Mm. So your life, your purpose is a delightful inheritance. Right now, you have a delightful inheritance that has been ordained by God, that he has called you to dig in. There are no limits placed on you within the boundary lines that the Heavenly Father has set for your life. Well, and that's that important. There are no limits placed for you within the boundary lines yeah. that your Heavenly Father has set for you. Come on. His boundaries for you are not a restriction. Wow. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. Come on, wives. Yeah. His boundary lines for you are not a restriction or a limitation on your life. As a matter of fact, they are a blessing. They are a gift. And it means that you have been chosen by God to bring life in this very spot. You know what I love about Isaac? He could have stopped at well one. He could have stopped at well two. He could have stopped at well four, but he didn't. We could have stopped at 50 chairs. We could have stopped at sending out a family to start a church. We could have stopped at four. But we haven't. Yeah. Why? Because he knew that God gave him that land and everything that was in that land was his to dig. Come on. He, and he filled out every place where God said his boundary yeah. would be. Amen. You get to discover the life that is in store for you and for others as you dig within the boundary lines he has set for you. And that, that is really our heart. Yeah. That's what we want to do. Let me, let me be honest with you. As I'm uh, uh, enjoying and, and basking in the great things that God was doing last Sunday... You know what's running through my head? You are. I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at the callings. I'm looking at the families. I'm looking at the functions. I'm looking at the children that God has given us. And I'm looking at that sign. One life, one family, one nation. 
And the way that we get there and we continue to perpetuate what has been done for us is that every family in this church has a firm understanding of who they are, has a firm grasp of who God has called them to do, and is completely free in the boundary line that God has given you. And in that way, we're going to send 100 families. We're going to steady the bowmen that are going to stay here, and we're going to ready the the arrows that are going to be sent out. The key to godly contentment is to fill out the boundary lines in your life with faith-filled actions. You get to dig and dig and dig within the boundary lines God has placed you in. This will bring fulfillment. Struggling with discontentment? Not feeling fulfilled? You'll you'll be fulfilled when you dig and dig and dig in your boundary lines until you hit water, until you see life coming out of it. This will bring fulfillment not only to you, but to everybody around you who receives the life-giving waters that flow from your life. Keep going. Acts 17, 26, verse 28. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them in the exact places where they should live and have their being. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not that far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. We read to you Hosea 10, 12 earlier. And that is a uh, that is an old weapon of war that I received in the life-giving spring that is Pastor Matt's garage in my time of discipleship. Sow for yourselves righteousness and reap the, the fruit of unfailing love. Plow, break up your unplowed ground and seek the Lord until he comes to shower righteousness upon you. Seeking God is an active process. It's not a, a, a hands-folded process. It's like having a shovel in your hands. You know what God has said, but you keep digging and digging and digging until he showers righteousness on you. You might hit a spring and it turned into a spindle tap. Mm. It, might, it, it might have to shower on you from the, from the ground that's coming up. Come on. We, know that this, we know this to be true, that the life-giving waters are to flow from within you. Yeah. Not from without, not from pleasant circumstances, not from a, a, a nice, well-put-together boundary line. Yeah. Living waters are going to come from you, Adam yeah. Ellis, as you did. Andres? Living waters are going to come from within you yeah. as you keep digging and digging and digging. Brother, you have a delightful inheritance in what yeah. God has given you. It is what the word says, and it is what you have been taught here in this church over the years. Earlier, we already established that in Genesis 26, the Philistines were working to stop up the wells in Isaac's life. And in Psalm 16, we have established that the boundary lines that God has placed in your life on are how you are to function. And they are not restrictions. Say not restrictions. Not restrictions. Church, you're not restricted. You're not restricted. You are free. Genesis said you are free within the boundary lines that God has given you. Truth be told, though, is that we we do have restrictions in our lives. That's true. We have uh, well inhibitors. We have backflow preventers that stop up the flow of what God wants to do. And we're going to explain what they look like. Restriction number one. I'm actually, I want them to take restriction number one. Let's take restriction number one. We've already established that God's boundaries for you are not a restrictions, but we do have restrictions. Restriction number one, asking for permission to walk fully in who God has called you to be. Wow. It's almost like that hits home. This looks like having self-imposed restrictions on your identity. 
that God never said. Are you asking for permission of yourself to be who God has called you to be? He picked you. He put his spirit inside of you. He gave you the calling. He gave you his word. He supernaturally transformed you. It is his identity that is inside of you. But are you asking for permission to walk fully in the full manifestation of everything God has called you to be? We are going to stop this well this morning. It can look like you're predicting an imminent failure, doom and gloom. I refuse to start on day one because on day 40, I know I'm going to fail. So why even try? We're going to stop these wells, LCM. Raise your hands. Have you done that? Have you not started something that you know you should? Yeah. Because you were predicting imminent failure and a a, a less than positive outlook, less than faith-filled outlook. We're going to stop that well today. Come on. We're going to stop the wells of the things that did not come from God that we've taken on ourselves as our identity. These things never originated in the mind of God. These were never in his mind to begin with. We are going to stop accepting things about your identity that God himself does not accept. We are going to unstop this well. We are going to see this well flow. We are going to see the river of life that God has placed inside of us. We're going to get all that nonsense out of here and see God do something extraordinary this morning. In fact, we're going to take a look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5. We'll put this on the screen. This, is the type, this, this scripture will help us with the insight and give us a heart check of what this is supposed to look like when we're facing these restrictions. Help us, Bill. For those who live according to the flesh have their outlook shaped by the things of the flesh. Ouch. But those who live according to the spirit oh, yeah. have their outlook shaped by the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take the instruction of Romans 8, 5, not treat it like something we've read before, but actually treat it like the living, breathing word of God that if we take seriously and actually apply to our lives, we'll bring about transformation. We are going to have the outlook of the spirit in every situation in regards especially to your identity. We are only going to accept what God accepts. And we know that the one thing that God accepts is that you have a life of victory that is in him. He doesn't accept the restriction. He doesn't accept the death or the defeat. No, he's the God that brings life right out of death. He's the God that looks at Ezekiel and says, hey, let me bring you over to some dry bones. I want to ask you a question. Look at these. Can these live, son of man? That is the God that we serve. That is the God that can look in our lives and look at the wells and said, hey, I have given you an identity and stop accepting things that I do not accept. I have chosen you. I have given you permission. So step out and be exactly who God has called you to be. Our God is helping us this morning, LCM. He's the God that is the bringer of life who is teaching us how to continue to dig, to continue to do those things in faith, with faith-filled actions, until we see a well that's burst forth with life that feeds the nations. How about another backflow preventer? One to run outside your own boundary lines, i.e. identity crisis. How, how strange would it be to see a chihuahua pretending to be a lion or trying to be a lion? Yeah, if he got let loose in a while, that wouldn't work out for him. Trust me, I had a chihuahua growing up. They don't last. But also, how strange is it to see a lion cowering before a chihuahua? Very strange. Strange. Unnatural. 
this is, this is what happens when we don't know what we're called to. And so we try to find fulfillment in other streams, in other lanes. What God has called you to is perfect. He has formed yeah, and fitted that. you perfectly. Get and you that. don't have to make it up. All you have to do is discover it by keep by keep continuing to dig in the wells of your life, by continuing to pour over the word, keep doing what God has already told you to do, and in that, you will discover the well that he has for you. Amen. This comes up when we say, my boundary lines are too restrictive for me. They're even holding me back. Thoughts like, if I only had another brother's boundary lines and tasks, then I could really shine. Mm, right. Then others would see my value. Mm. Yeah, we're going to stop that well today. Yeah, come on. Matthew seven fourteen in the net. But the gate is narrow, and the way is difficult that leads to life. Mm. And there are few who find it. Saints, the way is narrow, and the way is difficult. But it's not holding you back. As a matter of fact, it's not restricting you. Come the on. only place that you can have life is in the narrow path. Yeah. It's the only place that you can have life. God has saved you time and time again by placing these ancient boundary stones in your life so that you didn't harm yourself, but you actually grew and you became more fruitful in the midst of difficulty. That is so good. The boundary stones show us that we belong to him and ensure that we hit the target that he has for our lives. Yeah. It'd be pretty bad if God told Isaac, hey, Isaac, you're called to this land. I've given this land to your fathers, but go and dig in, in South Africa, right? <laughs> South, South Africa is a, a pretty nice place, but it's not the place that God called Isaac to. He wouldn't find life in South Africa. He would only find life in the boundary lines that God had given him. Amen. So don't run from the narrow way. I get it. It's difficult. That's why many people don't find the narrow way. But it is the only way that you can have life or anybody can, can find life. Your identity in Christ is set. You are a son of God with an ordained purpose and a job and a job for men to do. God will enable you to love the life that he has led you into. I'm going to say that again. God will empower you Amen. and enable you to love the life and the work that he has given you. On. One of my favorite books in the Bible, Ecclesiastes, it, it, it says it is from God to enable a man to enjoy all his toilsome labor while he is here on the earth. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, it's difficult. But you know what? By the spirit of God and the sofron of God, we get to enjoy the narrow way. Come on. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you might pull people into it and they might find life as a result of the water that is coming from yours. Certainly. Running in your boundary lines leads you to a guaranteed resurrection. Mm. And it's, well in, it's life that's willing out from you. The solution is having joy for your brothers in the boundary lines that God has given you and having joy in the, in the boundary lines that he has given them. Amen. Saints, restriction number three. Do you treat as punishment the God-born difficulties he brings into your life that were meant to help shape you, form you, and forge you for the calling that he's given you? Yeah. Saints, we're taking on new lands. But have you ever had the idea of, Lord, did you bring me out to this desert to die? I'm excited, Lord, for what you're doing. Oh, no. There's pressure. There's difficulty. There's an obstacle. Lord, did you bring me out to die? <laughs> Who changed? You're right. God, why are things so hard? I know this is going to hurt. I don't have enough time in the day. To handle everything you've put on my plate, Lord. 
us. So why do I have to keep fighting for shalom in this area if I don't have time to do it? Have you asked these questions out loud or even in your heart, Sam? I, I have. Yes, I'm guilty. We are going to unstop this well yeah! this morning. So let's turn back to Job 36, 15, and 16. I knew it. I knew it. He delivers the afflicted by their affliction and opens their ear by adversity. Yeah. Remember this verse, saints. Yeah. He also allured you out of distress into a broad place where there was no cramping. Yeah. And what was set out on your table was full of fatness. Fatness. Mm. The Lord demands life from our life, LCM. Yeah. He's not just saying, you know what would be nice is if you just showed a little life. He is commanding and demanding life yeah. from your lives. You are a well that brings joy, and it's time that we spring up and act like it. He wants to open up your ears through the difficulties and through the adversities that he brings so that you can be an unstopped well that flows as a life-giving spring, saints. That's what he aims for you. This is what he did for Job. And he introduced momentary difficulties and brought him out into a broad place to experience the table full of fatness or full of his presence. He received a double blessing on the other side of his difficulty and his well was unstopped. Saints, how many of you need your well unstopped this morning? This is exactly what our God is going to do today and he's doing right now. You can feel it in the spirit. Remember, you are the well and the well will be unstopped so that life will flow from you. It's what our God does. Like Isaac and his servants, you are going to keep digging by doing what you know to be right until you see the results, until you see life. Saints, we are going to keep digging. You're not going to stop. And because you won't stop, you will see life flowing from your faith filled actions. They're on the way, saints. Don't give up. Keep digging. They're on the way. It's going to happen. And this is what our God does. Mm. Saints, we're no longer going to accept self-imposed, self-limiting restrictions on our lives that come from ourselves. We are going to keep digging until we don't stop the well. We are no longer going to self-loathe and wallow in an identity crisis or a discontentment within our boundary lines. No, we are going to be fruitful in the name of Jesus within our boundary lines that God has set for us. We are going to keep digging until the well is unstopped. We will view the difficulties ahead of us, not as a death sentence, but rather God-ordained moments that God is using to open up our ears and ultimately to bring us into a spacious place. We are going to keep digging until the well is unstopped and life is flowing right out of us. Saints, we're going to begin to make a turn towards a close. But the way that we're going to close is actually how we're going to start. We're going to begin to adopt and uh, adopt God's perspective on the upcoming season of our lives. I'm talking about in every manner. The upcoming season in our lives. You who are going to Romania. You who are staying and being prepared as arrows. You who will stay and, and prepare to be bowmen. This is what we have to look forward to in this upcoming season in our lives. Come on. Isaiah 55, verse 8. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Come on. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Mm. God only accepts victory and expansion. That's <laughs> the only thing that he accepts. Yeah. He only accepts victory and expansion. Oh. And we will adopt his perspective on our immediate and our ultimate future. Amen. We're going to adopt God's perspective about the growth that is taking place in our lives. I want that. We're going to adopt God's perspective about the toilsome labor that we get to partake in because we know that there are waters just below the surface if we keep digging. We're going to accept God's perspective about the difficulties that he brings into our lives because we know that he is opening our ears and he is bringing us into a spacious place. Yeah. Turn with us to Numbers 23, verse 19. In a season of change, where many things are changing, just like for the Israelites, things were changing, there is something that steadies us. There is something that grounds us and gives us hope and confidence. This is it. Verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Yeah. Just for context, this is Balak trying to entice Balaam to curse the people of God. And, and Balaam told Balak, God isn't changing his mind. Did you think he brought them up out of Egypt to kill them? Did you think that he brought them out of a place of restriction to, to cramp them even further so that you could kill them? Balak, you're funny. God is not a man that he should lie, not a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless, and he is blessed, and I cannot change it. God cannot, God will not change what he's already stated. And no opposition, no Philistine-like opposition will change what God has said. We are going to see one family be transformed into one life. They're going to transform nations, and we're yeah. going to do it over and over and over again. Yeah. I need you to hear this about your life. You listening? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for somebody. Where you at? <laughs> I need you to understand this about what is coming in your future. Come on. No misfortune is seen in Jacob. Yeah. Oh, I got the mullet grips. I just don't feel it. Man, so many things are changing. I mean, some just off. I, no misfortune yeah. is seen in Jacob. Come on. No misery observed in Israel. There's no misery in your life, church. There's no misery in the upcoming things that are coming about. The Lord their God is with them. The shout of a king is among Hallelujah! them. God brought them up out of Egypt, and they have the strength of a wild ox. You know, when I was growing up, that wasn't necessarily a blessing. But this is a blessing. You have the strength of a wild ox, church. So keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging until you find that life. There is no sorcery against Jacob. No divination against Israel. It will now be said of Jacob and of Israel, see what God has done. See, on the other side of those difficulties, on the other side of you digging and digging and digging and breaking a shovel, but you grab another one and you keep digging, on the other side of that, you know what people get to see? Look at what God has done for them. Worship team, you can come up here. Church, we are going to unstop wells. Not only in our lives, because our, our lives are not the point. Isaac's life was not the point. It was what was coming after him. We're going to unstop wells, and we're going to open up springs domestically in this, in this country. And we're going to open up springs 
in that, in that region. We're going to launch 100 families to the Balkans. And you know what? They're going to multiply. They're going to spread out. And those families that are being affected in those regions are going to go to the entire world all the way back to Jerusalem. Hebron, we're going. We're going. Turn with us to Joshua 3 as we get ready to close. As you guys are turning to Joshua chapter 3, and we are going to pick up in verse 1, say, unstopping wells. The Lord is about to do something extraordinary in our midst. Look at verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they, camped before, where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, who are Levites, carrying it, you are to move from your position and follow it. Then you would know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Listen to verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. For Joshua and his people, it was tomorrow. We're saying, LCM, for us, it is now. Prepare yourself right now. Prepare your hearts right now. Prepare your minds right now because the king of glory, El Shaddai, Yahweh God, is about to do something extraordinary and amazing right now in our midst. So that being said, if you have been wrestling with the insecurity of your identity, cursing yourself with low expectations, putting on self-imposed restriction upon yourself, we have a solution for you. And we're not going to turn off the lights, LCM. You are bold men and women of God. If this is you, I want you to stand to your feet right now. We are going to boldly. Yeah, come on, Chris. I've been talking to you about this all week. We're boldly going to face this Philistine. For those who are standing, you are going to find joy. Somebody say joy. joy in the identity of God that he has placed inside of you. And right now, as an act of faith, we want you to boldly declare it with a shout of hallelujah. hallelujah. Give us another shout of hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are unstopping wells right now. If you have been struggling with discontentment and identity crisis within your boundary lines that God has placed for you. We have a solution for you. If you know this is you, stand to your feet right now. It's time to boldly confront this Philistine. Yeah. You are going to find joy in laying down your life for your brother's calling and celebrating what God is doing in their lives. Hallelujah. So right now, we want you to boldly declare this truth in faith with the shout of hallelujah. hallelujah. And what's going to happen from this point forward is that you're going to unstop those wills. You're going to keep digging and digging and digging in the boundary lines that God has given you, and life is going to flow from it. If you have been viewing the God-born difficulties in your life as a death sentence, rather than God bringing you into a spacious place with an even greater blessing, we want you to stand up. We have a solution for you. If you know this, it's time to boldly confront this Philistine. 
Saints, you are going to find pure joy, like James 1 says, because of what trials will produce inside of your life. So right now, we want you to boldly declare it with a shout of hallelujah. Saints, you are unstopping wells. The Lord is enabling us to unstop wells. And saints, for the rest of you who are not on your feet, let's stand to our feet. Let's join our brothers and celebrate the unstopping of the wells that are taking place here in our body. Saints, let's raise one more shout of hallelujah. Hallelujah! Saints, we are going to worship our king right now with an expectation that he is going to uncap these wells. Saints, we know we have plans. We know that we have a destination. But right now in this moment, what we've declared boldly will happen. I want to tell you, it will happen, saints, right now. Saints, we are going to raise a hallelujah. I am going to pray and the worship team is going to blast it. We are right now in this moment. We are going to give everything that we have, trusting in our God because he is unstopping wells. Mighty God, this is our great pleasure, Lord. Lord, we love you, God. Lord, we're saying that you shake the nations, Lord, with these wells that you were springing up, God. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name.